You go to apply for your agency and you find out you've been blackballed from either the agency or the vendor in which you're trying to be submitted to. And I guess we want to talk about what do you think? You may not care. You may be devastated. I want to talk today and this week about being blackballed, what that means, what's the term for, how does it affect you, does it affect you, and really what to do to maybe get out of being blackballed if it's an agency or a vendor you really do, in fact, still want to work with. Being blackballed on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. We are in, I guess, the beginnings of fall. It's kind of in full swing. I'm still in California. I'm going to be here for a little while, still longer, uh, enjoying the time out here, and it's worth it because I'm getting a lot of work done with the office out here. So that's been fun and enjoyable. You know, I'm hoping my mic is up enough. So it's been great, and it's been really hot and crazy, which is not normally the way it is in the month of September, but it is. So I think we're going to be releasing this still in the middle of September. And um, we had to kind of push off some of our guests. So we're going to have a whole bunch of them here this this fall as we really get into you know the, the fall and the early holidays. I am talking like Halloween, which is, I mean, I call that a holiday. Maybe some people don't, but that's the beginnings to me of kind of that season kickoff. Thanksgiving. So around that time, we're going to probably be doubling up some guests because I, ha- I have a bunch. It just wasn't really working to be able to do that remotely. My equipment out here is is not great. I'll just tell you guys, I record and I send it back to Denver and then they do all the editing. And sometimes I notice I send things and they're like, that wasn't good. And that's can't hear you and you can't see you, but <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. So I appreciate all of you as always. It's um It's been a really interesting time frame, as I keep talking about, keep addressing in in these on these episodes, because I've just never seen anything like it, and I, I keep getting asked repeatedly, you know, what's going to happen? Where, where where are we? What's going on right now? And you know, I do reach out and talk to a lot of counterparts and people that are in 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 this industry if they're not scared of me and you know don't want to tell me what's going on. But those that I do, you know, we're all kind of doing the same thing. We are we're all in this wait and see pattern. You know, it, it, this one. This is one of the, the the hidden, I guess, yuckiness secrets of the industry. I think a lot of people in our industry, from all sides of the of the triangle of trust, do kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, privately kind of anticipate the cold and flu season and people getting sicker and kids going back into school and that sort of thing. Now that changed a lot when we kind of got everything and then some that you know we've been waiting for. It was very lucrative, as we mentioned, which is another thing that people don't want to talk about. Nobody in the industry wants to talk about the fact that everybody, travelers and agencies alike, and even hospitals, as we all know from their quarterly and year-end reports, 
we're making a ton of money in 2020, 2021, and here into 2022. No one wants to discuss that because it's it's because no one wants to. I guess from a facility standpoint, they don't want you to think they're anything but you know providing for the community. From from an agency standpoint, as I've mentioned many many times, no one wants to even think about the fact that that we're making money off of you you and your and your efforts primarily, which is just that hidden weirdness in history. It's 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 known. It's out there, but nobody on my side of the desk wants to openly discuss the fact that because we're floating payroll primarily, we make money off of that payroll floating, which is really, like I've always said, the biggest benefit we provide in the equation. It's certainly a benefit that shouldn't be worth 30% of a plus, 30 plus percent of a bill rate. In my humble opinion, um, agencies' heyday and the money that they're making for the effort that they have to produce and do, uh, I think, is going to come to an, uh, a grinding halt and a reduction significantly and more piece of the pie for you guys. That's just my my humble opinion. It may take a while for things to catch on, but um, they're catching on. And those that have found different avenues uh, to be able to figure out how to get a bigger piece of that pie, of that bill rate from you know those select and tiny amount of agencies that are offering that, then uh, it will change it eventually. You guys, the one wonderful, the one wonderful thing about and many wonderful things about you guys, but one of the biggest wonderful things about travelers is that you guys talk to each other, and that scares a lot of agencies. A lot of people don't like that. I don't want them talking. I don't want them comparing paycheck stubs. I don't want them to, to even discuss this. I just want them to go do their job and make our company a bunch of money. And the fact is, yes, don't <laughs> because you're human and you you have been put into that dark position of not knowing what other people are are being compensated for and how their how their assignment is going so you guys wonderfully do talk about it no matter what agencies don't want you to discuss you guys do and i love that and that's it needs to continue it will continue it's where you kind of learn and 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 discover how to be a better traveler like i've always said i hope this uh, this series that we do can add some things to that. I've been told it does, and I hope that we are not overstepping our bounds, but just filling in the, the details in which uh, we think we've got some benefit for you. And I've always said, I think that if you run a company, then a more educated traveler is more desirable for you. And I just don't like the philosophy of some agencies just wanting a, you know these nubile travelers, these travelers that don't really question things to go to work for them. It makes them more money. But... I don't feel that it's a it's a better fit, and I feel that eventually they have to be kind of holding their breath that every Friday come payday, or every time they go to an assignment, that they're going to lose a good number of their people, and they do, but they have the ability to gain more. So, at any rate, we're going to talk a lot about that on on this uh, this edition of Travel Evolve because it really does fold in itself right into and effectively into being blackballed and what that you know in, entirely means. Uh, as always, you guys know we are doing the uh, Facebook group on Travel Evolve. We are going live. It's it's been uh, we've done a handful of them, like two of them, I think, maybe three or four by the time this gets done. Again, low expectations for me on there. It's available for you. I'd love to see you on there. I'd love to see some people ask some questions, some tough ones. Let's see if we can answer them. And um, you know, especially when it comes to potentially explaining some of these episodes a little bit uh, clearer. So. Right now, again, the process is, I believe, on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be going backward and looking at some of the episodes we've released that, that merit a, uh, you know, a, a live on Facebook. And I think on Thursdays, we're going to address the current episodes and discuss anything you have any questions about or things I didn't cover clearly or effectively or even do a remote good job on. So we'll be going over those things. And it's an opportunity for you guys to kind of pipe in and, and 
tell me if you agree, if you disagree, if you uh, if you have a completely different opinion, if you have something to add to the group. I, I do believe it's the way to kind of move things up. And this is kind of one of those those episodes. This is an episode again. And I have a lot of these that just aren't discussed from an agency standpoint. I've never seen an agency go out and talk about openly on social media of any kind about blackballing travelers. And we all do it. Even me. Absolutely, I do. We have people that are not allowed to work for my agency. There's reasons behind it. I think that this episode, openly communicating those reasons, can help many of you. And I think that there are some baloney reasons why you're being blackballed. I think there's some legitimate reasons. The one thing I'll kind of preface this episode by saying is that you guys have choices of what agency in which you want to work with for the most part. And I think the flip side of that and the opposite side of the coin is that agencies also as well and as equally importantly have the ability to choose who they do and don't want to work with from a traveler standpoint. The whole system itself has a way of working things out, which is good. So if you're a good traveler and you're a good agency, all good. If if there's issues there, then that's that's where it becomes you know limited from both standpoints. And I think that's that's good because it kind of weeds out some bad agencies. It kind of weeds out weeds out some 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 poor or less qualified or less desirable travelers as well. So um, it's interesting how it all works out. So once again, thanks for the subscriptions. Thank you guys for joining. We had a lot of people join Travel Evolved, uh, the Facebook group over the last few weeks. I mean, a, a whole bunch, which means you guys are communicating and telling. Uh, each other about that and I really really appreciate that the viewership's going up and I am noticing people are going back and what I always recommend is they're going back and kind of listening to these and watching these from the very beginning you can jump in but they do kind of build on each other there is some language that I use that is you know my own you know specific uh, terms that I use for some things and it does help to kind of have an explanation as to what what the heck is he talking about I know sometimes that I'm not I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not the greatest at this. This is not my full-time job. I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a YouTuber. So I know that sometimes um, where I was raised and the speed in which I talk, uh, which wasn't necessarily about being where I was raised, but that's part of it. But also my position, it's it's very fast-paced. I need, I need Reader's Digest communication with a lot of people and those that have worked with me or, or do right now and know that about me. It's bam, bam, bam. Get to the point. Ask me a question. Let's get a quick answer. Let's move on because I got 20 people that are going to be doing the same thing, uh, you know, in the next hour. So it's just it's just the way I've, I've become. It does it does come across that way. I think on these on these uh, the social media because these two I'm trying to squeeze in and do when I can. So it's just who I am. I mean, like I said, I, I know I don't not everybody's cup of tea as I always say. And so I, I'm glad for the cup of tea that I am to those of you that I am that cup of tea for i don't even know if that made sense all right so what is what is being blackballed you know we all know the terminology but basically for those of you that don't know which i don't you guys obviously get it is it means that you are no longer you have been deemed as unable to work in for either the, the agency the facility potentially the entire vendor we got a, a lot of commotion going on out there there never is on the pacific coast highway here um there's a lot of a lot of reasons behind that, but basically you have been deemed that you cannot work for one of those or maybe many of those entities, which means you got to go find a different position or a different company in which to be submitted to that position through, because you've you've burnt your bridge so to speak with that vendor, that facility, or that that agency. So again, I would just to jump right into this. How how do how do agencies determine? that that 
that criteria, if you will, for being blackballed. Well, first of all, most of us, including us, are we're all most of us are Joint Commission certified. We got ours a while back here uh, this last summer. Uh, we got another one crack. It was kind of wild. The gal told us there was five reviews she had that week. We were on Friday, four failures, and then we got flying colors and three, five stars, whatever she told us, um, which tells you that there was probably four people in agencies, and they were all agencies, by the way. They were not hospitals that were probably new because if you've gone through this process before, like I have many times, you kind of know what you're doing. So that tells me that these other four agencies didn't know what they're doing, which means there's a lot of still new people jumping into the industry out of the blue, which is kind of wild. So most of us that have that joint commission, that JCO certification, part of that process is you have to evaluate every single one of your travelers monthly and take a look at the ones that were terminated or the ones that you chose to not work with any longer and give the, the specific criteria that, by the way, you as an agency gets to create that criteria for the most part as to the, the, the reasons behind that. Now, if a facility fire somebody for a clinical reason or you're deemed unworthy for a vendor or a certain facility that kind of supersedes all that and now you have to explain why it is that you've also chosen not to work for them too in other words a vendor or a facility can say we're firing this person they can't work for you they can't work for us anymore but an agency doesn't necessarily have to go by that standard they can they can look at the the, um, the circumstances and maybe a history with that traveler and say, I understand this facility feels this way. However, we have felt differently over the last couple of years and have never had that. And again, depending upon the severity, the reason why that they're being blackballed, then an agency can choose to go against that um, and, and still have them work with them or vice versa. You can have an agency that says, I don't care to work for this traveler at all, even though she's allowed to work for this vendor or this facility. So it really is a more of a policy when it comes to an agency standpoint. It is a policy based upon the criteria that you have set, and you just have to follow that. And that's what Joint Commission is looking for. If looking for you to meet, review, and follow your own guidelines to as to why that person is or isn't uh, have the ability to be able to continue to working for you. So a lot of things. I'm going to start with the agency because obviously that's where most of the information I have. And this happens a lot, by the way, because and I, I would say especially in the last couple of years. And I get it. This is where I'm going to kind of, I want to have an honest conversation. And I think that you guys know me. And so there's going to be some things I'm going to say that are going to surprise you here. And some things that I'm going to say that are that, that might make you a little bit angry. But, but you're going to know it's coming from the heart. And I'm speaking for the truth. And, and, and if I anger some of you, it's because I want it to have good results and understand that. So part of the thing that I saw in the last few years was with the amount of opportunity and the amount of high-paying opportunity, and more importantly, the amount of fluctuations that those pays were going to, it was really understandable to me, looking at things from a 36,000-foot view, why somebody would accept a job with a company and then immediately turn dime or ghost them, and you know, you find that you took a, a job with somebody else. Maybe it was my company they took a job with. Maybe it was my, they left my company to take a job with somebody else's. It was mostly based upon pay and compensation, and because things were so volatile, I saw it. I understood it. You just didn't know tomorrow if you were going to see things that were paying a lot more. I'm talking about middle of 2020, all of 2021. It was, are things going to be incredibly higher, even though I just accepted a job? And I think a lot of you, I believe, struggled with that. You would take a position and then feel like you just shortchanged yourself because you're seeing positions being offered at hundreds of dollars more in the same general area. Or maybe there was an opportunity that wasn't there and all of a sudden that we were they were getting hit hard and there was more needs and you found you know 
whatever the supply and demand was it was doing to affect the, the population of, and the census of the country, you maybe found positions that weren't available for, and all of a sudden they were. So there was a lot of what I would say accepting of jobs and then ghosting or jumping ship to get your next best deal. I understood that. I think all of us, from an agency standpoint, whether you're a recruiter or you're an account manager or you're a CEO or CFO of a company, you understood why travelers were doing it. You may not have liked it. I don't think any of us liked it because especially if they were jumping from you to somebody else. And I had a lot of the opposite. I had people coming to me like, well, I haven't really signed, but I've told them yes. And it's a tough thing because you know you don't want to walk away from the business. But I had a lot of people that had some ethics and said, I did sign, you know, I, I went ahead and took it. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my guns. And I, I applaud that. I really do think that's admirable for this reason. For today's episode, I think that's admirable because they were looking out for their long term marketability. And one of the things we discuss a lot on Travel Evolved is that if you can't work for a bunch of agencies or a bunch of hospitals, or a bunch of vendors, how truly marketable are you? So I saw that one a lot. And I'm just telling you guys, things are different now. Now I'm seeing where, you know, it's almost like people are are not that interested in traveling because they were so used to that crazy high paying rate that they are feeling very offended right now in what we're seeing out there. Just go into any social media, Facebook group, whatever your specialty is and the areas in which you're looking at, find a few and look at some job postings because that's what they're, like I said, last week or two weeks ago, that's what those groups are very good at. Just, you know, you got to find the job and recruiters are constantly throwing memes out and they're changing the words and changing the picture and they're putting the stuff out there and here's this job and it just seems so what's the word I'm looking for it seems so inefficient to me but that's the way a lot of you guys like it but look at the comments if they haven't turned them off which I'm seeing a lot right now the comments are all sometimes they're very uh, frustrated from recruiters I'm sorry from travelers toward recruiters saying this is offensive or they'll put you know jokes or laughs on there and and I understand that there are I understand better than anybody else, and you guys do now too, that there are definitely fluctuations in which one agency pays for the same job another one has. But when you see an area of the country or a hospital that's offering consistently lower positions to every agency out there, even depending upon their slight fluctuations, that's the facility. That means they are shooting low and potentially have had a history of being able to fulfill at that low bill rate, and you're taking out the wrong person. So we're seeing that now where it's almost the opposite, but I did definitely see, especially in almost all of 2021, just a, you book somebody and you say, well, they're going to find something else. And, and again, being where I position our company is, you know, as, as we try to be the top paying company for any assignment that I have, which means I, I'm, you know, there's going to be assignments I don't have that are paying great. But for assignment I have, that's our goal is to be the top paying company. It didn't happen to me as much because my company was based upon money, but I'm sure other companies that had great reasons to work for them. Maybe they have a lot of jobs or they had a you know, really good insurance plan or you've just found satisfaction with them. I think a lot of those companies were struggling because people were leaving for a few more dollars. And I'm not to tell you it didn't happen to us. It happened to us here and there, but it wasn't because of the jobs. It was because of jobs we didn't have. We're a brand new company, right? We didn't have any job in the, in the area. So I saw it where someone found a really great paying position that we didn't even have. It's just hard to argue. Now, those of you that did that to me will know that I said, I get it. I understand. I appreciate the communication, which I think is the most important thing. And depending upon, you know, where we were in the process, you know, it really made a difference to whether or not somebody was was going to be able to work, to work for us again. So I'll go into that here in a minute. But that's a big, big common thing. When you accept a position, and I'm just telling you guys, if you want to get blackballed from, a, from a, an agency fast, 
take a job and then disappear. Accept the job, sign a, sign an agreement or a contract, and then don't even start the credentialing process. That's the fastest way, in my opinion, to not be allowed to be submitted to positions going forward. They're not going to waste their time. Or even worse, you start the credentialing process. The agency starts spending what it, what you know really isn't a lot of money, but a few hundred dollars in getting backgrounds, drug screens started, and then you just decide not to take the assignment. That's for me one of the toughest ones. And I, what I don't like is communications, or I don't like false communications where someone's kind of making up something like a family emergency, or you know, my brothers, sisters, uncles, cousins, grandfather got in a car accident. You just start to doubt whether or not that's true. Then you can see them applying to positions, you know, a few weeks later, and it's just, you, you, you know, you can tell when things aren't, aren't on the up and up. And that's a great way, in my opinion, to, to lose an agency. And again, we're going to talk about what does it matter down the, down the road, because I think you're going to be surprised at what I say on some of that stuff. But the same kind of thing is, is accepting an offer, going, going somewhere else, or having a current company try to beat an offer from a company you're working for. Now, that one kind of, I think, is an interesting one. And let's talk about that for a brief second. You've accepted an, an offer with one agency, and then your other agency, maybe your normal agency, agency you work all the time, has now decided to match or beat that offer. You guys know where I'm going with this. That would make me so mad at my current company that I thought I had loyalty with. I'd be like, why do I have to come up to an offer that beats what you guys offer in order for you to then match or beat that? Why didn't you give that to me at the very beginning? Why am I having to be a negotiator when I'm a healthcare provider? I wouldn't like that. That would make me very, very angry, even if the company did offer and beat it. I don't know why you guys put up with that. It is a question I would be asking every one of my recruiters because in the back of your mind, you know every time they make you an offer, it's probably lower than what they could be making you an offer for based upon what that recruiter's rules are or that agency's rules are. I think that one, it drives me nuts. And I almost kind of like say, go for it. Go away from me because that's the kind of person you are that you're going to do that. And you're going to accept a job from somebody who would do that to you I'm not sure that I, you're smart enough to work for me. You obviously don't watch Travel Evolved because you would you would be like, wait a minute, why are you offering this to me now? And I want sharp travelers that are going to help change industry. That's not helping to change industry. That's having agencies be rewarded for doing exactly the things that you guys don't want them to do. Lowballing you, lowballing you, lowballing you, and then going, okay, you caught me here. I'll offer you something that's legitimate or I'll even go a little bigger because I, I want your business. You guys are the commodity. Everybody should want your business all the time and work every day to earn that business. I mentioned the personal reason thing. This was a tough one because a lot of travelers do use the excuse that I've had a death in the family or I've had um, some reason why I can't go. Husband's been in a car accident. I need to take care of him. <clears throat> Watch out for karma. That's all I'll say. Uh, coming from someone who's had a lot of tragedy in my family, and I'm talking about my immediate family, it's it's just hard when you kind of think people are using something like that lightly. I, I don't care for it. I'd rather just be honest and upfront. I, I, episode number one was communication is key. And I do think it's a two-way street. I think that if you have the guts to tell your recruiter or your agency, listen, I, I, I was overzealous on this accepting of this offer. Or for whatever reason, you had an honest conversation. And that recruiter doesn't understand that, then you took the high road, admitted something, and they chose not to go with you. Maybe you're better off without it. But I think don't stoop to a level where you feel like you have to lie or mislead someone in order just to be able to keep the door open with a company that clearly, for whatever reason, you chose not to go with them on that particular assignment for. Just be honest. I think that's the most important thing that, that 
you can offer in the equation of helping to improve. If you're going to hold us agencies and want us to improve, then I would say do the same thing for yourself. Become a better traveler. You're better than that. Just be honest. Here's what happened. I took this job and I wasn't thinking or I, I didn't realize. I, I've had much better conversations with people like that. Like I didn't realize how far away this was or I couldn't find housing. Um, it's the, it's the, the ones that you're kind of like, hmm, does she really need to go take care of her brother's wife's daughter's cousin? I mean, is that what she's going to do? Take three months off or six months off? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm just saying on a, just a quick note, be careful with, with karma. It can be a bitch <laughs> to say the least. Say things that are true and then don't put that out there in the universe. It'll bite you in a fanny on it. So Listen, part of the reason why you might get, get blackballed from an agency is legitimately poor clinical ability. I've seen that with people that have maybe reached uh, out and tried to, especially during the last few years when some people were trying to do some critical care or maybe like a telemetry or some sort of position that had a little bit higher demand and they weren't quite there. Yes, the facility saw your resume. They took you anyway. But you probably in the back of your mind knew you may be a little you know, over your skis on this one. You may be a little bit over your head. And it might be time to maybe go, hmm, maybe I need to just stick with my med surge or whatever it was that you were doing and not necessarily chase the dollars. That I saw a lot. I saw it where, and I see this, I see this with, with men and women who are at the twilight of their career, that maybe the speed in with the unit or the speed in which you know that particular ultrasound unit or you know the, the, the rehabilitation if you're a PT or just a, a floor is faster than what you are looking for at this particular point in your life and your career. And you've got to slow down a little bit and it's just going ahead of you. That's a common one. That's that burnout factor we talked about in previous episodes. Those are things you really do need to be careful of. And I have seen that where you can get blackballed from a facility, I'm sorry, from an agency because you, it's just the clinical part is starting to slip on you. And be aware of that. And that's when it might be time to maybe, like I've said, maybe consider not traveling anymore and, and hang your hat at a smaller, lower acuity hospital and have a great, you know, last part of your career. I, I, again, no one wants to talk about the industry because they're all looking for more people to travel, more people to travel. But there is a point where you have to start saying, am I still wanting to work as hard as I was and as fast? Can I keep up with the pace and have an honest conversation with yourself if you can't? Because you don't want to get blackballed from maybe a favorite agency, one that pays really high, one that has consistently positioned where you want to go. Whatever the reasons for choosing that agency, you don't want to get to a point where you now have stumbled a number of assignments and they're going to they're going to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. That's the last thing you want. So consider I've had ICU slash PACU nurses that have moved into PACU because the speed's a little slower in many cases. Not always. And all of my PACU nurses just rolled their eyes saying, I know how fast it can be here. True. But I have had that. And it's a really good fit for some of them that are multi-specialized. I said, hey, I just didn't want the... You know, that kind of pace, I'd rather recover somebody from a surgery than, you know, dealing with an ICU and that sort of thing. And that's a, a very legitimate example of what I'm talking about, where they're, they've tweaked their career to kind of make sure that they're in a proper area. I've had OR nurses that also do recovery that have done the same sort of thing. Just, a, just an example of that. Poor work ethic. Um, that's a reason for being, you know, blackballed from, a facil from an agency. If you just aren't, aren't there a lot. I don't care if it's attendance or you just, you know, you're, you're, you're crass or you don't get along with, with other travelers or staff repeatedly. Any agency worth its weight and salt is going to say, you know, I think we're going to pass on that because it makes them look bad. Regardless of how people feel, if you're consistently putting a crotchety traveler, and I'm just using this being very blunt, here's where I may make you guys a little bit upset, someone that just is clearly doesn't seem to be happy to be there. 
and you're representing that that agency at some point that agency is going to say you know thanks but no thanks just like you guys us agencies seem to have an endless supply of travelers too i know it sounds weird to say but this is a two-way street so for every time you tell an agency to go kick rocks another agency may be telling you the same thing because that that happens sorry low flying plane <laughs> so i have to admit it's early in the day usually i record these late in the day or at night and um Typically, I have everything closed up, but it's so hot out here still that I have to have some things open. So when helicopters fly by like that, it's going to be loud. So I, my apologies. And we'll get back to a good professional recording here in a little bit when I get back to Denver. But those kinds of things are surefire ways for an agency to say thanks, but no thanks. And I'm going to tell you, the agency that continues to work with you, even though you have those kinds of issues, may not be an agency you really want to work for. There's got to be reasons why they they are putting up with that. And any good agency worth their weight eventually are going to say, thanks, but no thanks. We just don't need you. So how does a vendor or a hospital do the same thing? Well, obviously, hospitals have a little bit different scenario. In order to be you know booted out of a hospital, typically it is a you know major uh, error, uh, something that you know is causing a, a huge amount of concern, or it, or caused a huge amount of damage to a patient, to the staff, to a doctor, to a, a, another traveler. Those are the kind of things that are oftentimes uh, irrevocable. You can't go back on those. And many vendors, and a, a couple of big ones come to mind. You have to really fight hard to get back into good graces with them in order to be able to work for them again. Now, most agencies are going to mirror that. If you're kind of unable to work for a, a major you know, facility or two, agency, if, they, if you work for them, I'd be surprised that they're going to let you work for them too. If you had a major you know, issue with, with waste or like a drug you know, diversion or something that's pretty serious, most agencies are going to take that and, you know, again, depending upon your response and, and what the results were, most agencies are going to say thanks, but no thanks, which means you got to be really be careful. And these kinds of things can really, really affect your entire career, let alone your travel career. So be careful. Basically, the hospitals and vendors are going to follow very similar type criteria. One thing I'm noticing a lot lately is that vendors are starting to pay attention to you uh, when you do accept a job and then don't take it or go follow through on it. And what's weird about that is, it, is that a lot of travelers think they can just go from one agency to another and hide from that but vendors are starting to get smart they recognize your name that's why a lot of them require full social securities and dates of birth so they can track you that way i always get the 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 travis how can we need all that well that's why because you may have a common name your name may be you know very common surname and a relatively common first name and they want to make sure it's the same person so if you're giving your social data and they, date of birth and they can track that they can say hey this person accepted four different assignments with three different companies and didn't take any of them, their person's a, a DNU, a DNR, do not return or do not use, which is the same thing as being blackballed. That says a lot to us agencies. When you've got somebody that is not allowed to go in front of an entire system, our guard is up. Why? Why can't this person work for this entire huge system? What's the reason? And oftentimes they'll tell us this is why, which means if you've been accepting jobs and then not fulfilling them and going to work for them or quitting halfway through or getting terminated, it's starting to follow you around, which, again, as, as, as much as I think it's important for you guys to keep tabs on hospitals and on agencies, do know that the same thing is, is now starting to become more prevalent where it's starting to affect you. So you, you can't just dump on one agency and turn around and go to work for another anymore. It's becoming where it's starting to follow you around a little bit. So these are the kind of things 
that we talk about on Travelivore. Like I said, you're not going to like the answer to some of these things, but it is happening. So be careful. It doesn't mean you know that you shouldn't <laughs> take jobs. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just having that communication that this stuff is starting to be tracked now and there are vendors that are telling agencies I wouldn't work with this individual because he or she has done this multiple times they've been terminated or they've accepted and couldn't get through credentialing couldn't fulfill the you know whether it's an online testing or just for whatever reason never made it to the assignment or um, never even started when I hear that I'm immediately okay no I don't want that to happen to us. We don't want to spend the time, money, or effort and disappoint that facility because it makes us look bad, even though we're not the ones that are not you know, fulfilling our part of the obligation. If I hear a traveler's done that repeatedly to a system and they're not even allowed to be submitted to that, that puts me very much on guard, and I'm very, very hesitant to work with that traveler. And um, a lot of times you can, you know, a recruiter will feel differently because they're thinking commission, 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 which is what drives a lot of them. But if it does reach the higher-ups, which, you know, hopefully for those of you who are doing this, it doesn't. But if it reaches the higher-ups, there's probably a good likelihood that they're going to say the same thing. And more and more good agencies are starting to look at that because none of us want to work with somebody that is doing that repeatedly. And what I said about the 2021 and 2022 aside in early 2020 or late 2020, it's kind of time, I think, now for people to get back to accepting assignments that they want, fulfilling their obligation and, and taking them, whether it be a good decision or a bad decision, stick with what you did. And the same thing applies to us agencies. Take the traveler for what they are, you know, fulfill their obligation, and then you guys both can make decisions when the assignment's over if you want to work together again. All right, so what does this all mean? Um, here's, here's the thing that may surprise you about a little bit. I, I do think that being blackballed or being considered a do-not-use or do-not-return employee, there is... In most cases, or a lot of cases, there is some bullying going on. I've had recently where travelers have told me that they accepted a job and, and legitimate reasons why they were worried about being able to take it. You know, One comes to mind that had housing. Literally couldn't find housing that made sense. The job looked like it paid a lot. But when the traveler, I mean, you guys don't research all the time, I understand. The traveler could not fi even find housing because it was so booked up. This was a summer vacation area. Couldn't even find housing. And the housing they could find made it so that it would just make almost no sense to take an assignment. And it was you know, a, a decent drive. It was a good full day or a day and a half's drive away from where uh, she lived. And talked to one of the big agencies, and they scared her so badly that she, that you, don't, if you, you won't be able to work for us again that she took this assignment and now is going to spend the next three months, you know, making, taking home or pocketing a fraction of what she would with a lot of other companies at a lot of different positions. So that's real. So know that companies do use the black ball technique if they have a reputation that they feel is worth working for. And that's what you guys have to decide. In this case, I couldn't blame this traveler. It was, it was one of the big, big companies, and she had some good results with them, even though they aren't paying very high. Typically, there was a lot of jobs available. I understood the thought process behind that. And let's be frank, she interviewed with, a comp with our job after she had accepted. And, you know, that's fine. Liked our job better, made more sense, paid more. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that she stuck with her gun and said, okay. Now, I didn't like the bullying aspect. And one of the things I will say that would surprise you is that there are tons of us out there. So if a company were to bully me for a legitimate reason, if I took a job and just decided I didn't want anymore, I would understand. But in this particular case, 
I think that sucked. I think that a company should say, wow, I didn't realize it was that high. You know, see if they can get a few more bucks on the bill rate they could pass along to the traveler. You know they're not going to try that hard. But for legitimate reasons like that, I hate it when people in our industry and bigger companies or just companies in general threaten a traveler that you're not going to be able to work for us ever again or we're going to, you're going to be blown out of that whole system because of this. First of all, you're probably not going to be blown into the whole system because of that. Any hospital that would do that to you based upon an incredibly high cost of living, which is happening right now, and their bill rate not really being in, in line with how high that cost of living is, that's a legitimate reason, especially if you couldn't find any housing. So I think that's fake and false. I don't think that was really true that you, should, that you would be blackballed from a system. Now, being blackballed from that company, you have to decide who cares if that makes sense. And I think for a lot of it, if a company threatened me with that and I had a legitimate reason, I mean, that's a, that's a two-step thing, right? If they threatened me with blackballing and the reason I couldn't fulfill an assignment or go to an assignment was very legitimate, I would choose never to work for that company again because I'm not I know how many choices there are out there for me as a traveler and agencies in which I can go to work for. And there's so many of them that have the job. I've seen where agencies working as subcontractors through the big three can actually pay more than the big three can pay. Follow that. That's legit. Not very many can, but ones with thin margins that pay the best can oftentimes even beat those big companies at their own rate at hospitals, even though they're getting dinged 5 or 10% of that bill rate, which is going to that, that, that agency or that, that big company anyway. Their pay rate still is better because their margins are so huge at those big companies that you can actually squeak in and pay similar or even more. It doesn't make sense, but if you put pen to paper, it actually does, and I've seen it. But you have a company that's really, you know, really thin on their margin, which there's not that many of us out there. And you have to be talking about those big three where they're really thick on their margin. It does happen. It does exist. I've had full-on conversations with VPs of one of these going, yeah, I won't tell you which company, but, and I won't tell you which person. But he's like, yeah, we're getting beat by the people we're subcontracting out because they're actually paying more because our margins are so bad that even though we're direct and they're working through us and we're taking some off the top, they're still paying more for the traveler. And we're hearing about it from our travelers. I'm like, that's... That's wild, and, and that's been going on for years and years and years. So there's that bullying technique. Listen, you guys have a decision to make and a choice to make. There are hundreds and hundreds of travel agencies. And I will say, on the other side of the coin, we have decisions to make too. There are thousands and thousands of travelers. So at some point, an agency who is worth their weight will tell a bad traveler, and I know you guys aren't them, but there are some out there, Thanks, but no thanks. Go work for somebody else. I don't really want to work with you because for whatever reason, whether it's a personality issue, whether it's a clinical issue, whether it's a commitment issue, or the way that they, you know, their attendance, there are plenty of good reasons why an agency can say, I don't want to work with this traveler anymore. I just don't care to. I have some that, that I've chosen not to work with before because they're just really difficult to work for. They're not, they don't make life fun. I'd rather them give, give somebody else hell and, and go work for somebody else. It's not worth it to me for some people like that. And there are a few of them out there. Now, I'll, I'll put up with a lot for the traveler. But at some point, you got to go, hmm, this just isn't fun anymore and this isn't worth it. And you guys should feel the same way. If you're not having fun and it's your agency's fault for you, if you're, if you're the lowest paid person out there or there's you know something going on, then you can, can go work for somebody else. And that's what I would absolutely say to do. Don't be an unhappy traveler. You've got choices. The agencies have choices. Being blackballed is just a way for one party to agree not to work with the other party. And you guys can blackball agencies, vendors. You do it all the time. There are systems where many of you, I won't mention the names, but a couple of them come to mind. You guys have said, I will not work for a XYZ facility. 
right? You guys know the ones I'm talking about. And there are many of you that have said, I'm not doing it. I've had bad experiences. I don't care if one was in California and one's in Florida. I'm not working for that system anymore because I chose, I don't like the way that they do things. That's your decision. You've basically blackballed a vendor or a system. You can do the same thing with hospitals. You can do the same thing with, with agencies as you guys do each and every day. This is just kind of opening your eyes as to what happens on the opposite side of things. So, all right, what can you do to get back in good graces if you choose to? And here's what I will tell you. Be careful of a couple things. I said that there's hundreds and hundreds of agencies out there. What there aren't is hundreds and hundreds of agencies that are the top paying companies out there. Okay, That's legitimate. You've got to be really careful about somebody that you've made a ton of money with that you know pays a lot. You've got to be careful about becoming blackballed with them. That's just my personal opinion. The same thing applies to a, a vendor or I should say an agency that has a whole bunch of jobs in an area geographically, potentially of where you want to go, or they just have a whole ton of jobs in general. Some of those big companies, I would understand. I think anyone with that, you know, with any kind of ability to have some just straight, you know, shooting common sense would say they would understand not wanting to upset a huge company that you rely upon because they always get you employed. That's legitimate, guys and gals, and I would get it. So. In those circumstances, A, be very, very careful before you upset them and you find yourself in, as a DNU or a DNR for them. One of the things you should do is, is research the positions first and foremost before you sign. It's one thing to be put in front of a position and be submitting, be submitted to different positions all day long. That's While it's not great, it's not that harmless. When you sign that contract without looking at housing, the details, how am I getting paid, the things we talk about on Travel Evolve, what does my hours 36 to 40 look like if I'm a 12-hour shift person, what's my overtime based on, am I, am I getting ripped off on that? On the things that Mark and, and the, folks, the good folks at Travel Evolve have educated me on? That's the time to be talking about those contracts and the negotiations for that. It's time to be looking at housing. It's time to be looking at cost of living. Before you sign on the line, please, please make sure you do some research before saying yes. I would also tell you, and I just said it's okay, but in the same breath, I would be careful just applying, 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 applying. If you've got a really good salesperson recruiter or you've got, uh, let's say, a company that uses an app and you're able to just apply to a bunch, really look at the, the jobs you're applying to because Murphy's Law, as they say, is you're going to get the offer of the one that you're not sure about. And you apply to all of them, you're like, oh, yeah, I think so, and it's the lowest paying of all the ones you applied for or it's the least desirable location of all the ones you applied for. It's part of supply and demand. Let's be frank. The, the fact is you're probably going to get an offer more likely from a lower paying position and a least desirable before you're going to get one that everyone else wants, right? I think that just makes common sense. So really make sure that you would say yes to an assignment on those two criteria. You Obviously, I'm not expecting you to research housing. You should have a general idea. But if it's not paying what you want it to pay or it's an area that you're like, uh, I don't really want to go there, then don't apply to it. It doesn't make sense. You're, just, you're running the risk of already getting yourself in a little bit of trouble where you're having to back out of something that you really never really wanted. So that's my advice on that. I think one of, one of the people that knew I was doing this episode, one of, one of a traveler out there that I know pretty well said, you know, what do you think the future of this, you know, being a DNU, DNR, or what we call blackballed, in the industry holds. And I, I would love to think that over time it's going to get better because travelers will become a little bit more savvy. They'll have a little bit more knowledge about what they should and shouldn't do. I think that agencies, part of the reason that we're doing this is I'm trying to hold agencies accountable and their standards become higher so that you guys have better pay, 
and more transparency with the way that you're paid. We can't always do a lot about the, how the system works, how the hospital is, how the unit is. But as far as the pay goes, that's one thing that I think you guys can change. Stop working for companies that pay terribly for the same job that, you know, 30 companies pay great and then 240 companies pay terribly. I wouldn't work for those 240. And I would try to go to work for the company that pays the most. That's just my weird, crazy way. I'd like to get paid the most I can for the same job as somebody else. But that's just me. So be careful of that. And I think, I think that the, the future, to answer my friend's question, is... I think it's going to get better, but it's going to require travelers, you guys out there, to stop working for companies that you shouldn't be even applying for, which means pay rate, the ones that are threatening you for blackballing for, for legitimate reasons. You can change this industry, and I see this all the time on social media where people are saying, we got to change industry, but what I see you guys wanting to change is, is the bill rates in which hospitals thrive. That's almost an impossible thing to change because it's all based upon supply and demand. Hospitals are not going to offer a higher bill rate to us agencies than what they think the minimum is that they're going to be able to get a job accepted for, if that makes sense. So what I would ask a lot of you is stop coercing your, your fellow traveler to say, yeah, we're not going to sign any contracts for less than this amount of money in that location because somebody else will. You're not You're not solving the problem. But you can say, how come I've got... 20 companies that have the same job and these three are paying a lot and the rest of the 17 are paying garbage that should be something you're pointing out saying i'm not working for those 17 companies because clearly it's the same job the same bill rate being advertised at the same time why is this paying so low when these companies are paying high that's how you change the industry you start telling these agencies i'm not going to work for you when you're going to basically be keeping too much of the pie and i want to know if you are going to keep too much pie there ought to be a very compelling reason why you are keeping that big piece of the pie it just it just we have such great potential with this industry but it's so stagnant and so unwilling to change and I think you guys are the ones that are in control and the catalyst for change. It's not going to be agencies. There's no agency out there that's going to change what they're doing if they're making a ton of money off you. It's forward thinking and how does this industry improve? And I, my heart of hearts believe that figuring out ways to cut the pie bigger for a traveler and how to legitimately cut it smaller for an agency and potentially even bring the bill rates down, but the traveler still makes more money is my opinion the best catalyst for change in this industry because it's just getting worse and worse as far as the, the amount of agencies that are taking a larger and larger slice. And you've got so many other people whose fingers are in that pie, whether it's the vendor, whether it's people for advertising, people for training, and they're all wanting to get a part of that money that is all part of this very lucrative industry that has destroyed a lot of the principle. When you start seeing a traveler literally taking home such a small portion of what the bill rate could be. You know, there's taxes or taxes, but you've got vendors becoming more and more greedy with how much percentage they want to, to advertise a position. Agencies certainly becoming more and more greedy, and they really, really have over the last few years as to what they justify as part of their share for basically credentialing you and paying you weekly. Um, that's where the problem lies. And so that's what a lot of us are trying to look at and legitimately try to fix, but you guys are the ones that have control. You got to start demanding more, and I think it starts with bigger pay for the jobs that are paying lower from every agency. Find the ones that are paying higher and jump on it. I mean, you guys know I'm plugging, but that's just the way it is. I just believe that. All right, a few weeks ago, I was talking a little bit about 
my frustration when I was starting that or started that group, that company out of Ohio. And it, it just it just kind of was what it was. I, I wanted to briefly talk about it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to end this episode by kind of telling you that the frustration that I personally have felt in the industry has been there since the beginning. These things I just mentioned, I have always felt that agencies feel their role is more important than what it truly is. And a lot of them don't recognize it because it really has to do with competition, right? If, if, if they're doing something slightly worse than somebody else, you guys will, or will run over to the other company and go with them. That's the way it should work. And it always has just blown me away that so many, I guess, agencies have spent time talking about how we're a family. And I don't see that as much anymore. But back, you know, five, six years ago, two or three years ago, that was kind of a big thing. Go to work for us because we're treat you like family or we're better or we've got whatever it was that they were trying to tell you, even though they were paying you less than everybody else was paying you. Um, it worked for a while, but I think you guys are getting smarter about that. I've been frustrated with this industry since almost the moment I came in. Really, this day, is when, I was, when I was with my previous company, from, from the story I was telling you guys, I didn't really know too much about the competition, but here's where I started really seeing greed at a corporate level and frustration. People think money is worth more than it is. In other words, the cost of your dollars. Well, we're floating all this payroll around. It's basically what I'm getting at. Therefore, we should be making a bigger and bigger piece of this because we have interest and we're floating money around. And, you know, the, the second part of that is true. But there's still a legitimate amount of money that an agency should make. And that's always been my frustration. The industry itself has a tendency to become greedy from our standpoint and from vendors as well. I can't really fault the hospitals, as I've told you guys many, many times. Hospitals are where the, the revenue is generated from, so they really are in control. If without them, there is no agency, there is no traveler, right? They have to either be failing on permanent and deciding that they're going to open us up to a, a supplemental-type staff, whether it be a per diem or a daily individual or somebody on a long-term contract. They're the ones that are setting the bill rate and deciding how much they're willing to pay for that. Without them, it doesn't exist, so I'm going to leave them alone. But Vendors have become more greedy. It used to be 1%, 2%. Now it's the average is 5 to up to 7% of that bill rate they want to keep. That's an increasement, increase of that, that piece of pie. Absolutely, agencies have gotten to that point. And that's always been frustrating to me. It's like instead of trying to, I always felt that you should, you should grow a company by paying more. I think that most travelers will be willing to put up with a little bit more of the, of the weird things that always happen in our industry, and they always do with good communication and with higher pay. It doesn't mean you can dump all over people, but that means that when things go wrong, and they almost always do, you guys know this if you're a veteran traveler, then getting paid more softens that blow. And I think that that's just my philosophy, and there's a lot of people that disagree with that. There are, listen, there are a lot of companies out there that want to make as much money as they can in every traveler, and they're, 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 they're building their company based upon profit per traveler. My philosophy has always been different. I would rather have twice as many travelers at a much less margin than I would be making as much money in each traveler. It just happens to be my opinion, but doesn't mean it's, it's right. And clearly, I've made every single mistake you can make in the book. I've made it. Maybe that's one of them, but I'm just bullheaded enough to still believe that you should be able to grow faster and offer a better product if you're paying travelers substantially a lot more, which then you know, drives the question, how do you do that? besides just dropping your margin. And we think we figured that out. So my frustration, I just want to tell you guys, goes back that many years ago, which is like 15 years ago, 
where I was seeing, no, it's longer than that. I'm sorry. I'm still on, I'm still, I'm still on company number two. It goes back almost 19, 18, 19 years ago where I'm like, wow, this industry can be really ugly. This industry can be not about providing good, a good economic home for a healthcare, you know, professional that's working on the road. It's all about, you know, it's 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 like the movie The Jerk when Steve Martin says, "Oh, it's a profit deal when he's selling the the stuff." I don't know if you guys are none of you guys are old enough to remember that movie, so I just really dated myself. But it's a profit deal. That's what this industry is. And I'm and companies should be able to make money, but they always said there should be a legitimate and appropriate amount of money an agency should make. And you guys watch, there's going to be some companies that are going to absolutely go out of business here in the next year or so because they will not be able to continue to make the kind of money that they've been making in these last few years because the bill rates are down now where it's noticeable. And instead of saying, oh, everyone's rates suck right now, still look at each rate individually for that facility and make a good decision on which company you want to go to based upon that facility's position. You cannot compare you know, apples to oranges. You got to look at, here's the same hospital, the same shift, the same specialty. Why is there a hundred and two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollar difference between these two companies? That's what you guys should be doing. And that's always been my frustration. And I think that's going to help you guys a lot. And I think it's going to make a big difference over the next few years as to which agencies really thrive and which agencies um, start to disappear. And we're already starting to see some that were very prevalent kind of shrink back and become part of it because they're unwilling to change their margins because oftentimes they can't. Things are too established with their expenses and their payroll and their presidents and vice presidents and CEOs compensation. So, guys, I hope this was eye-opening. I did the best I could on this one. It's a tough one to talk about. I hope you guys appreciate that we decided to talk about this openly. Again, I think there's a lot of good decisions to be made on both sides of the coin. I think just having an open communication about it is the best way to go. When you think you are doing something that might get you in trouble with with a vendor, with a facility, or with your agency, Consider the value you have for those three things and decide if you want a good communication with them to save a potential long-term relationship. I think it can really make a difference. I think the last thing you want to do is close a huge amount of doors for a great paying company or a great company or a huge system that you're turning your back on and and going to reduce and significantly limit your marketability as a traveler, and that will do it. Appreciate you guys as always. Catch you next time on Travel Evolved.